You want to find your tribe of raving fans. And that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Digging Deep, where I help business owners build a better business. And today I'm being uh, joined by an entrepreneur, a friend of mine, Punit Dillon. Uh, and, you know, he's joining me here today because he's got a new book. It's launched. It's on Amazon. It's done really well. Uh, welcome to the show, Punit. And, you know, congratulations on your book, Catapult, uh, that's helping people, uh, you know, improve their business through sort of the lens that you've really, you know, curated for your own life. And, you know, today, you know, you're going to be here on the show and I'm going to talk a little bit about it. You know, uh, one of the first things I want to start with, though, is, you know, where did this journey start? Like, where did the idea of Catapult come from? Great. Well, thanks so much, uh, Justin, for having me on your on your podcast. And it's uh, really a pleasure to to speak with you. And and um, yeah, it's been nice that uh, you know uh, being friends, being be able to connect on this on this awesome journey. Um, yeah. So catapult uh, it it started with me kind of doing an introspective look on my own life. Um, I was reaching a milestone uh, uh, point in in terms of. Uh, my life, uh, turning 40 during the pandemic uh, age, uh, or sorry, during the pandemic year definitely uh, makes you look at, take a, take a step back and take a pause and reflect back on the career. So I had started writing down um, all of the different things that I feel like needed to be documented. Um, clearly, when you work a part of different companies, there's all of these major milestones and things that we accomplish, and most mostly they're there's they're just you end up losing track of them because year over year, like you just you, you're on to the next already. Maybe there's a record of it in terms of um, press press releases or going back and looking through old corporate records. But I wanted to look beyond that and, and just reflect in terms of myself. I feel that many individuals, including myself, would just in the first part of our lives, we're just focused on like checking off a bunch of things, um, finishing school, establishing a career. Uh, I happened to move to the U.S. Uh, in 2003, and I felt like a lot um, of things were just moving super fast forward. And um, uh, at the same time, uh, you know, there's a certain trajectory. I think if you work hard, um, and then you're ask yourself, well, uh, is that going to change in the next part of your life or is that going to continue? Do, maybe do, do I take a moment to just reflect on uh, what have I learned that can be applied for the next 20 years or 30 years or 40 years of my career or, or just personal well-being or for the family? And uh, that's that was really the inspiration. So I started think, writing that down and then crafted kind of important individuals and experiences and then started putting together kind of another layer of okay, what are the principles that have served me well and then added another layer in terms of okay well athletics seems to be a very 
common theme in this. And I have really enjoyed what I've learned from athletics being a competitive swimmer and then rower and then in, gone into triathlon as an adult. Uh, and um, that endurance training uh, has been applied definitely in my work experience. So brought kind of that experience and the and the athletic um, thesis together and it was and, and that's what culminated into catapult so cool. I'm really happy about um, being able to share that with everyone else and as I've stated in the book it's it's a framework that serves me but it's really meant to be an inspiration for others to design their own framework of principles that help them and I think a commonality in, in terms of this is a lot of people are um, motivated with uh, being high performers and want to have purpose in terms of what they want to do. So I've tried to distill uh, down a framework that can help people identify with what what is that intrinsic motivation that serves them in terms of their purpose. Fantastic. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you say, you know, that you're including athletics into catapult because I, I, I have a firm believer that most entrepreneurs, uh, they'll find great success if they've had, uh, you know, a chance to be in competitive sports. Uh, and mm -hmm. the reason why is because it teaches things like resilience, perseverance, things that we kind of talked about uh, on, um, you know, the, the, the preamble before we started the recording. But, you know, without the competitive nature, without, you know, that, that grit and the level of resilience that needs to happen. Uh, and, and of course, the, you know, the both being able to learn to win and accept losses, um, all of those are really, you know, really big key factors. Uh, one thing I want to do is I want to go back a little bit into your career uh, because I think it's really fascinating, you know, to, to talk about some of the things that you've done and accomplished and, you know, that help lead you into where you are today. So, yeah. you know, uh, let's start off of, you know, right out of school, you know, wh what was your first job? Where, where did you go? Uh, you know, what are some of the things that you kind of took along the way and, and, and where did you move from there? Uh, yeah. So I, I started um, uh, working in, in corporate finance law as a law clerk uh, at a, at a boutique um, uh, corporate finance law firm in Vancouver. Uh, and then, and while I was doing that, I was also, uh, had opportunity to work with my uncle at um, at a healthcare fund, one of the largest Canadian healthcare funds, which was at the time called MDS Capital Corp, and now it's kind of rolled into this fund in that's based out of um, uh, on the east coast called Lumera. Uh, but they managed a, a lot uh, of of capital, and uh, they invested uh, very like intensely in, in the Canadian healthcare market. So I got a chance to really cut my teeth in terms of understanding the, the, the Canadian biotech space and the overall healthcare life sciences space. Um, I was responsible for putting together these memorandums that would go to the investment committee. And so you have to basically spend a lot of time doing research. And um, I was a junior, so I, I, didn't, I, was, I didn't have a CFA, didn't have really um, you know uh, any experience other than just assembling this raw information into some sort of package that was able to be comprehended or kind of taken to the uh, investment committee leader and, and then polished for a final report. Uh, but it helped uh, in terms of establishing kind of those the theoretical skills and that um, overall understanding of the life sciences space. Uh, then 
I, I was ready to go to law school uh, and needed to save money uh, in order I got accepted into law school. And then I had to basically put that on pause because um, I didn't, I couldn't afford, uh, you know, uh, taking out that much of, uh, of student loan. So ended up uh, going into the workforce, uh, had an opportunity to move to the U.S., working for a biotech company, Inovio uh, Pharmaceuticals now, and um, started as a contract um, person and then moved uh, up and, and um, I was uh, uh, head of finance and operations. Uh, I stayed with that company for almost 10 years and then um, transitioned and started my own company uh, called Oncosec Medical, which was a cancer immunotherapy company. And I spun out a technology out of Inovio after doing this pretty large M&A um, uh, where it situated Inovio for it being a DNA vaccine player. And, and there was a lot of interesting technology that still could be uh, utilized for different, different unmet medical needs. And cancer immunotherapy was one of those hot areas in uh, 2010 that not many people appreciated, but we saw, I think this, this um, rumbling of, cool things happening in terms of people um, that were being treated with uh, different immunotherapies having very robust uh, long-term responses. Um, and there wasn't many drugs approved. So um, incidentally, Bristol-Myers had a drug approved in 2011 that really just changed the landscape. Um, all of a sudden, you know, oncologists had another tool in their belt and it wasn't this deadly kind of poison being applied such as chemotherapy. And then, and then uh, fast forward, um, um, we, we, we were very uh, excited about how our technology can help to, uh, um, uh, to improve uh, the response rates uh, for patients. So we were developing a, a, a unique uh, immunotherapy that worked as an adjunctive to others or helped patients improve their immunogenicity so that if they weren't responders to uh, some of the existing therapies that they could turn into responders. Um, so that program um, uh, was focused on metastatic melanoma, stage three, stage four, uh, so late stage patients. And we ended up doing a partnership with Merck uh, and uh, the company just announced that they're starting a phase three uh, global trial. Uh, that's 400 patients uh, with Merck now. Um, so I led um, the team that did the initial partnership with Merck and um, was very proud of that achievement. And then now I'm running another company called Sky Bioscience. So uh, again, um, starting in a very interesting and disruptive area, uh, which is um, cannabinoid-based sciences. And we're developing a whole range of um, different applications based on two, two unique molecules. And we're starting a clinical trial in, in the area of glaucoma uh, later this year. Fantastic. So that was a lot to pass. I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's the interesting thing, right? And, and, and that's what, you know, I, I thought it was really important because I think, you know, people were wondering, it was like, oh, what, a, what about an entrepreneur? And of course, they, I mean, you could be a mom and pop shop, but we're talking about a person who's developed and created a business that is more than your mom and pop shop. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes into, you know, the businesses that uh, Benita has done. And, you know, by him kind of, you know, simply stating what he did as an entrepreneur uh, really wouldn't give it the life and and or give it the clout that I think you know you you need in order to understand the context of which Catapult is actually built on. So now, 
now everybody gets a, an idea of what everything is. But congratulations on all, on all the accolades to date. Um, it is really Thanks. quite interesting, and and biotech is is just just all over the place. I can tell you because my stocks are going all the way through the roofs, and <laughs> you know, and and it is really great. Um, but you know, finances aside, uh, let's talk about some of the core principles that you might have identified through that process of of your own journey and put into catapult. So you know. What are some some key attributes that you've kind of identified in your journey? So, um, wait, let me answer it a different way in terms of just there's just a couple of cool things that came about through this process. One was you um, definitely in terms of what we just you just identified this experience, right? Like I have to pinch myself in terms of what experiences you have, and I'm blessed with having been a part of these great companies working with some amazing individuals that keep pushing you to to do it and you know you were definitely living in uh in an amazing um uh time where you're seeing rapid innovation uh the other related point is uh being from east end vancouver um uh you know going uh growing up um you know from immigrant parents like you you again pinch yourself to get uh, to be able to be privileged to have call it a seat at the table, right? So this book, uh, initially, it wasn't planning to be a book. It was just going to serve myself. But then, uh, when I started talking to a few friends, like we 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 just started exploring this concept of, you know, reading different books and different you know, entrepreneurial stories, different biographies, and stuff like that. There's uh, a lot um, we get inspired from, but sometimes it's unrelatable because. It's like, you know, there's somebody that, that, you know, that's talking about these billion, billion dollar exits or multi-billion dollar exits or, or something that just isn't able to resonate with just, um, I feel like the, 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 the East Vancouver, you know, there's a tier, right? Like, you know, if we're yeah. talking about what, what it is, I mean, if you're reading somebody, if you're reading Gary Vaynerchuk's book or you're reading Steve Jobs uh, autobiography, yeah. you know, you look at it and go, well, I'm not going to start a million dollar company. I'm not going to forget it. Yeah. I'm going to even start a six figure company. Uh, and, and a lot of people struggle with the, the you know, the leap uh, yeah. and, and, you know, what they don't understand and, and something that I'm deeply, you know, passionate about is uh it's not necessarily just about you know what their their net worth was at the end but the journey you know often encompasses the same principles just in different you know different storylines and different you know costumes uh but but the principles are are very similar and i think that's where people miss the point they're so glamorized they get the they got the they get star shocked right like they yeah you know, you know and they have they stars in their eyes yeah they don't realize like you know, our parents took loans in order to us in order for us to celebrate Christmas or like you know they don't they don't see that side of us you know like in terms of like you know we for the better part of our lives we lived in debt and then you know you get out of that um, you get out of that cycle and and it's really an awesome you know to be able to make that leap and not many people do and I and I am very blessed to be able to do that and I want to continue inspiring others to go after that so. So that was one important thing. The other thing was my frustration overall that you have some large challenges and problems on this planet. And a lot of it from my, in terms of my experience and lens was life sciences that you, we still have so much to uncover. We're living in this opportunity where you can 
um, if you even as a non-scientist and if you apply yourself and you bring together the necessary experts, you can tackle these large problems. So let's not make another app that helps people whatever improve their filters, but let's do something useful with all of that um, uh, you know equity and time that we have. And the third is just some general observation that professional athletes can pivot and make these great leaps as entrepreneurs, as, you know, giving back to their sport in uh, working for social causes. Um, you, you know, you see them uh, focusing um, hard on their careers for 15, 20 years, and then they can uh, make a very strong pivot. So, so those are three kind of overall concepts that kept, you know, banging on my head. It's like, okay, well, how do you, how do you continue to inspire that next youth? What, what if I was, given that opportunity all over again, what would it take for me to put the gas pedal down differently this time around? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those people who are listening, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the sad story that, you know, like we were super dirt poor. I mean, I was an East fan boy. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, it's not that we had a really, really, really poor childhood. I mean, you know, we had modest beginnings, you know, yeah. like we had, we had the basic necessities, at least I did. I don't know about you, yeah. but you know, when we talk about the climb and going through is, you know, a lot of us carry that chip on our shoulder, right? Like we carry it as if it's a badge of honor that we're like, you know, we we're, we're born and, and had, had life tough. And, you know, everybody has their life story and everybody has their own journey that they must take. Um, you know, for us, you know, I think, you know, when you're talking about catapult and you get to inspire another person, it's, it's like, it's saying that there is an echelon uh, in, in social status that not very many people get that opportunity to enter. And, and it's because it's not, not because it's not available to you. It's that it is a law. It's the game of numbers, right? It's, it's the law of averages. There, there can only be so many spots up there and not everybody's going to get that opportunity to be there. So for the fact that, you know, you, were were I wouldn't say fortunate because I'm going to say that you had to put in the sweat equity to get there, um, but you had the 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 right timing, the right place, and the right fortune, all mixed together to get you to a point where some people maybe only dream of. But it is not to dismiss the journey that you took uh, and and that your parents had to take to get you there. So it's really important. I just wanted to make that delineation here. Uh, yeah, know. the resilience. That, so that's what makes this. That's why the resilience component was important in this book because I think a lot of us take it for granted in terms of our ability to bounce back, our ability to get up when you fail, and it's it's difficult for everyone to put themselves into the same shoes, but uh, I, I believe that those values that were instilled in us from our parents, uh, you know, from, from our friends, from those relationships that we had and from that um, unique environment that everyone gets a chance to grow up in really helps to make that um, connection in terms of, uh, 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 um, the, the speed at how you can bounce back and be resilient in, in tough situations. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. You know how many times um, we've had doors slammed in our faces? Um, how many times I feel like the company was about to go under? And, you know, multiple different companies I've been involved with. Uh, but at the same time, 
hey, that, that reminder that, oh yeah, no, we did this and that's going to be applied here. And oh yeah, I also remember um, you know, crossing that finish line, uh, barely being able to do so and almost crawling across it. Okay, you, you know, we got this. This is nothing like that, like that, like that situation. I was talking to a colleagues earlier today. We've been very um, clear about executing a, against a very strong plan over the last 12 months for this company uh, that I'm running now. And uh, we're very proud to say that we've been almost... 99% to the T according to our plan. That doesn't happen very often. We've had to make changes along the way, but um, we were just uh, not giving ourselves a pat on the back, but also saying, okay, well, what can we do as a case study here in terms of making sure that this last 1% or this last 10% really matters and we get across the, we get across the finish line. So, uh, so yeah, all of these things, I, I think, talk to this component of resilience and I, it wasn't just another buzzword that we all learned during the pandemic i think that you know, for us um you know you you can relate to this is um there's a component of it going back to our roots yeah absolutely and and you know we'll talk about athletics uh and, and the role that it plays i think as an entrepreneur uh you know when we talk about that just not even just the resilience but you know the the fortitude of giving more when you think your tank is empty, you know, you being a triathlete is, is just the same. It's, you know, at the end of, of the second event, you know, you don't feel like you have a lot of gas in the tank, but you still keep it going. Right. And, and, you know, I think a lot of, uh, that's for lack of better words, soft entrepreneurs, people who, uh, came into it with, you know, thinking that it was going to be easy ride. And I don't say that every, you know, business is easy. Um, but, you know, the level of grit and perseverance that one needs when, you know, all things seem like it's stacked against us is really quite important. Can you talk about, you know, in your experience as an athlete, you know, you know, what, what type of, you know, challenges mentally do you have to overcome and how does that translate into the, you know, the, the business life that, that you, you know, obviously have crafted for yourself? Well, wow. uh, so the, <laughs> that's a very big question. I, I think it starts with a big part of what I start the book on. If you, if you read the book cover to cover, you'll notice that there's a kind of a natural arc um, to the flow. And there's, it's very purposely stated in terms of why uh, the first chapter or the first principle is around true accountability because the whole idea is it it starts and ends with yourself first before we form relationships before we look to others or communities we only have ourselves to answer to so I use this example of uh, you know look at these um, amazing swimmers like Diane Nyad and others uh, Ross. Um, uh, Igly, I forgot is how to pronounce his last name, but they do these channel crossings. Okay. So they start from point A and, and they get to point B and you can't just stop in the middle. You know, if you stop, you're going to die. Um, you can't just turn around. It's almost the same as like, you just get to the other side. You don't have a choice, but to get and, and get to finish. So it's in that kind of unique space of solitude you make a vow to yourself in terms of that responsibility, okay? That no matter what, you're going to get through it. 
And there's a lot to unpack in that kind of statement. So when you're confident enough and brave enough to do big things in this world and um, you can really make it, you can really make a mark on it. And, and I think that uh, athletics has taught me that um, I don't like, I don't like quitting. And if anybody ever does a workout with me or has, has run with me or biked with me, if I, if I have a plan, I'm usually 99% focused on, on executing against the plan, even if I have to slow down or take my time or take a break, uh, we're getting um, to the finish line and, pa- and past it if we can. So, uh, so I think that that, that discipline uh, starts with accountability to yourself. And then overall is about establishing a structure to help you support that. So if you look in, in terms of the, what's set out in Catapult is a great framework. It's called the Catapult High Performance Trapezium. And it's about each of these different components, about accountability, about physical capacity, about emotional um, uh, capacity, and, and, and then getting uh, to your purpose. Um, and all of that working together is, is um, enabling that structure for having the ability to win and and complete things and and also continue to build that resilient mindset um, and at the same time um, doing so uh, with purpose. So you're not going outside of your comfort zone. You're quick. You're you're continuing to build on your capacity to build that high performance um, uh, or ideal performance state, um, and you're doing it within your own capabilities. You don't have to compare yourself against your neighbor. You don't have to compare yourself against the other entrepreneur. You know, the, definitely we live in a very competitive world, but first it starts with yourself. You set those boundaries for yourself and then you continue to elevate yourself. Just like athletes, they continue to perform and improve on their skills and there's never a finish line. Fantastic analogy. And, and, you know, a lot of people go about business, at least in, in sort of the solopreneur space, uh, with the sole end goal of making more money in, in, as their goal. But the problem with that is, is it's not a really tangible goal and not necessarily have any structural framework uh, related to it. It is, you know, they sold another unit that's more money. And, and because it's vague, you know, they're not able to tangibly go after what it is that they want. Uh, and they don't know what questions to ask or, or the actions to take. Now, you know, do you have any, do you have any tips on how you lay out a plan? How, how did you, you know, create, you know, some of the, the framework and structures that you've followed and of course, you know, gotten to, to near completion, you know, what, what type of things do you consider when you're, you know, placing out that goal? Yeah, so there's been a variety of different things, and I I can't say that I've you know come up with everything on my own. I've been lucky to work with some great leaders and bosses that have instilled some um, wonderful structure and tools for myself, and then I've continued to adapt um, for for applying it in in day to day and year over year. I'm very goal oriented. I am lucky that I have some wonderful coaches and mentors that have really helped me elevate my own um, sense of purpose and sense of direction. Uh, and that 
uh, enabled the underlying structures to make sure that those things are achieved. I firmly believe that unless you have a plan, you're not going to achieve it. Uh, you know, there's a plan of today. There's a plan of the whole month. Um, these are all tools at the end of the day, but if you don't follow it, then what's the point of having them? So those are important tools to, in order to, to do things. So I, I like the idea of sitting down and developing uh, systems that enable for success. I do everything from a daily checklist to 90-day plans to 100-day plans uh, to obviously the annualized plans or multi-year plan and depending on the circumstance. So currently, um, for example, at Sky, we have a 100-day challenge that started on July 1 and it's like, um, I think it's ending on October, October 9th. We have 100 of the most important things that we're trying to accomplish in the next 100 days. Team effort, of course, there's accountability around specific things. I have a race coming up on September 12th. I have the next four weeks laid out in terms of a very clear <laughs> follow structure that my coach has helped uh, put together for me. Uh, and then there's a, a punch list throughout the day and other things that I, that I use. But um, I think everyone needs to establish a structure for themselves and then stick to it in terms of you'll notice whatever tweaks that are necessary. Uh, in order to enable you to accomplish your goals. And, and I think that at the end of the day, it's not a measurement of how many goals you complete or how many objectives you complete. It's about getting to that place where you feel like you're in your stride and in your groove. I know people uh, that uh, you know, don't really follow a purpose statement, um, you know, don't necessarily follow a to-do list or anything like that they are in just a, a, a wonderful sense of flow uh, in terms of being able to accomplish what they, what they need to accomplish. So I think everyone needs to take stock of what works for them. And my systems don't necessarily work for everyone. So I'm not suggesting that everyone adopt them, but um, I like, uh, I do like uh, checklists. Yeah, no, it's really great. I mean, and you point out that not every system works for everybody. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, when I help uh, business owners, you know, plan, you know, the systems that are around them, you know, we base those off of, you know, what is it that you really want? What is your end goal? And then what are the, the things that prevent you from doing so? Your own limiting beliefs, you know, your own core values, what are the good pros and cons to each? And how do we build systems around that so that you feel inspired every single day, but then have all the pitfalls to the things that, you know, make us great. also have the, the contra, right. You know, there's a double-edged sword to that, you know, how do we build those systems in place so that, you know, we mitigate the disasters that come from the other side of uh, the coin. Uh, and, and, you know, for you, checklists are great and, you know, you can monitor them and, and you're right. A lot of entrepreneurs don't, can't do it. It's too much structure for them because, you know, one, because they, they feel like it's, you know, it's a mental hurdle. It's, it's nothing that it's not actually mm -hmm. that hard. If they created it, they could possibly do it. Um, but they feel like they're confined into that space. And that, uh, you know, that, that feels stifling to them because they, all of a sudden it feels too tangible and rigid. And how could it be possibly this easy to do, uh, you know, if it, everything's written down? And what I like about what you said is that, you know, you're really taking down, you know, what is going to move the needle, Mm -hmm. What are the things that are going to move, you know, your business forward? And a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, a lot of them, 
get stuck in the rut because they're doing mindless work that doesn't move the needle and then complaining and wondering what's not, why it's not working. It's because they're choosing to do the easy twiddle your thumbs, make it look like you're busy, the busy work, but not doing the stuff that really moves things forward. And, and it's really important because yeah. you're able to di- identify that through your systems and because hey you know what like you need a checklist to do that and of course to run your team and that helps everybody on our on your team to do that right and i think that's really important and not every entrepreneur needs the checklist like you have but yeah absolutely i think it's it's important to have some sort of structure and framework i you touch on a really important point like so the the phrase purpose to impact which is in the book is because of that reason i'm glad you caught that and the other related point is that unless you have meaningful work, people won't feel satisfied around their purpose. So we need to have meaningful work in order for us to really thrive and in order for people to feel like they're moving the needle. Um, so that's, that's a critical point. You know, people always complain about uh, why, are, you know, why are we having turnover why is, you know, employees feeling, or why is your team feeling disconnected? Well, just take a moment to look at, are we aligned with what these different roles and responsibilities are for people along with meaningful work that's aligned with their purpose? And all of a sudden, even if you're an, an entrepreneur that doesn't want to make a checklist and doesn't want to make a punch list, you'll soon recognize that you have to have some sort of plan and it's hard to shoot from the hip in order to satisfy um, uh, that, that team and camaraderie that's going to enable that organization to succeed. It's not going to be able to be done by one person. It is a collective unity that needs to be able to do that uh, in a successful way. So that journey is very long. It's not going to happen overnight. And it needs to be uh, very methodical. So I, I, I do, I think, implore anybody that's interested in shooting from the hip to re, reevaluate that, hey, take, take a moment to, to plan out how you want everyone to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're trying to rally the troops, so to speak, you know, if you're trying to take in, uh, you know, the right employees, the, you know, the, the right team to bring you forward, uh, in essence, I mean, what you're talking about is a narrative, right? You have to have a written narrative about what your company is going to go for. You you have to know what that climax for that story looks like so that everybody can be on board where that red cap put that purple flag up in the air and walk together, right? Because if we don't do that, uh, if we don't have the narrative, then people starts to be disillusioned. And, and case in point, if you're not revisiting that narrative constantly, uh, people forget. People... It, it, you, we get so diluted with all the stuff that happens in, in our business day to day, all the busy work that all of a sudden, you know, a month or two months go by. If you're not reinforcing what that looks like, you're actually going to start losing uh, people in your organization. They're not going to know what direction to go in. And it's so important for those daily, weekly huddles uh, or, or just those conversations to bring everybody in line and to make sure that the people have the same direction to row uh, instead of, you know, haphazardly going around and your boat's going, you know, all, all which way, right? All the successful teams, athletic teams, they use this model. And in the COVID-19 uh, or the, you know, whatever we call it, the post-pandemic, um, you know, work environment, 
that narrative has to be stronger than ever. We're gone. We're moved from uh, crisis mode uh, to actually being able to be um, learn from you know uh, uh, that war room type of mentality we had in March 22, where everybody was like, "Okay, what what fire am I putting out?" To now going into a very structured environment with clear. Uh, message and clear structure in terms of what do we need to accomplish for growth in an organization? How are we pivoting? How are we changing? You know, I'm I'm just I'm very impressed those organizations that have been able to 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 do that. I was reading somewhere I don't know if I'm a big uh, Marvel fan. We watched uh, uh, Black Widow on on the weekend or Friday night, and uh, then I was obviously like you know curious how this is going to translate into sales um, uh, box office ticket sales and it was a, a bit of a, a difference because we we got a chance to watch also watch f9 like the, the weekend before then f9 had like this awesome box office weekend but then disney uh did uh both small screen and big screen so they made uh, their the movie available on disney plus on premier access and they had double they're estimating double the amount of box office sales so a great strategic move by disney you know, to be able to do that. But again, who, whoever is, you know, sitting there, you know, thinking about this big strategic decision, that's like, do I, do we, do we only launch on big screen versus on small screen? Do we do both? And it, it's a bet that paid off. It's a great example of a, of a, of an organization that, um, you know, probably has the structure, very clear narrative. And they, they, they were very strategic in implementation. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that we got to pick your brain about it and, you know, really get to dive a little bit deeper. I, I know like at the beginning you were like, oh, how deep are we going to go? But I think, you know, by listening and, and, and listening to your story and the things that you're, you're talking about, you know, I think we hopefully uncovered something that uh, the listeners will really do you know, enjoy. Uh, one of the things I have to be cognizant of is time. And everybody knows yeah. that this okay. show has got to be tight, tight as tight as can be, because, you know, you guys are driving somewhere and you guys are probably close to your destination. So we're going to wrap it up right up here. But if you like what Puneet had to say, if you want to talk a little bit more, you want a Q and a, you got to reach out. You got to hit me on DM. If you don't, you're not going to get the extra stuff, right? Uh, so if it's if it's important to you and you want to learn more about, you know, the catapult system, you know, the things that that got uh, and inspired him and his story, uh, if that if that resonated with you, reach out on DM. You know, I always ask everybody one question, and what is a book or a resource that has deeply impacted your life or career to date? Uh, so one <laughs> important resource has been the Economist magazine. I have been a subscriber since I think 1998. Uh, my, to my wife's chagrin, I uh, keep every single copy. I have like a whole bookshelf of uh, of Economists, um, and it's uh, also in a storage facility. <laughs> and I keep telling her that I'm gonna one day, um, you know, uh, if, I, if I ever retire, I'll read them cover to cover. Um, to Economist magazine, but then I also. I pulled out this book. Um, this is Yuval Noah Harari's book called 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Big inspiration for um, when I got into writing Catapult, just because I think that we're living in a transform transformative time. And this book captures some great uh, overall themes um, that we should be looking out for in the 21st century. So it really gets your wheels turning and gets you jazzed up in terms of inspiration. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Hopefully uh, some of our listeners get to pick that up and, you know, kind of read into that and see what they can glean out of it. Penny, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. I really did enjoy a chat. Hopefully you had a good time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Amazing. So everybody, uh, if you want to reach out to Peanut, his his information will be in the description below. So, you know, feel free to reach out to him. Buy his book, Catapults. It's on Amazon and uh, you won't be, you won't, you won't be, uh, won't be disappointed. You're going to have a good read. I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to, you're going to enjoy that. So uh, thank you again for joining me today and we'll see you all next week. We want to thank you for listening to the Digging Deep podcast with 360 Media. Your time is valuable, and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.